Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzz with Brian. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. I could not do this without your continued support. And speaking of support, if you have never rated my show, if you haven't, uh, you know, if you're not following along on the Instagram, you got to follow, hit the follow button there. But if you haven't ever rated the show, click those star buttons. Let me know how I'm doing. Read a review. I think all of those are very, very helpful for me. And I'm excited to share some style history today. That's right. We have another style history coming up for you. And I think this one will be a lot of fun. But one quick moment for our sponsors. My family. That's right. They are supplying the beer on today's show. They took a family vacation down to Florida. Don't worry. They invited me. I just couldn't go. And they brought back some beer for one of my favorite breweries out of Morgantown, West Virginia. Chestnut Brew Works. So shout out to the family. So as I just alluded, the beer coming today is from Chestnut Brew Works. That's right. If you were following along on the audience submission episodes, episode 90 to be exact, you would have heard three other beers from this brewery. Well, we have the fourth and final. This is the Smoke Hole Lager coming from Chestnut Brew Works in Morgantown, West Virginia. So let's get on to today's show. Let's get started. I'm excited to talk about this style. It's something you certainly don't see that often, right? A lot of you are probably saying, what is a Rauch beer? What, what is that? Well, it is of German heritage. So we're back in good old Germany here with this style. And Rauch beer, quite literally in the translation, means smoked beer. So when we talk about smoked beers, that is a bit of an umbrella term, of course. They come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And it really isn't just pinned down to one contemporary style. But when we look at the Rauch beer that's sitting underneath the umbrella of the modern day smoked beer, and typically you're going to see it as a medium strength lager, which makes sense. A lot of German beers are lager beers, especially since this one comes from a certain part of Germany, but more of that on the history there. Now let's get into some attributes of the Rauch beer. First and foremost, The appearance. When you pour this beer out, it is going to range anywhere from pale to chestnut brown, and you also might see a little bit of cloudiness um, appear, and all the yeast hasn't been filtered out, so that's totally acceptable to have some yeast sediment left in this beer. On the palate, you're going to expect the obvious, a smoky flavor, right, (laughs) with just a detectable degree of roast without being too aggressive, and I think that's the really key factor there not being too aggressive just like a lot of german beers they can be a little bit delicate they're very heavy malt base and you don't want those other flavor attributes to overwhelm the malt base and since this is a very heavy malt based beer it's going to be a little on the sweeter side i would not expect any bitterness coming from this beer maybe just a touch of bitterness on the end to balance things out but aside from that i really wouldn't expect anything else one last thing i want to talk about before we dive into the history behind the Rauch beer style, and this is, we're going to get a little nerdy here. I don't usually nerd out too often on the science of brewing, and disclaimer, I'm not a brewer. I haven't tried to ever make a smoked beer, so I I, I wouldn't know from hands-on experience, but this is what I've read up on, and I thought it was neat, so I wanted to share. So, now, here's the fact. Would you believe me if I told you a beer with 100% smoked malt could actually have little to no smokiness in the final product? 
it seems unrealistic, right? You you have a smoked malt, all smoked malt. There's got to be some pronounced smoky attribute. Well, yeast, here's the power of yeast. Yeast will absorb naturally some of these smoky flavors during fermentation. And it's reported that when brewers are trying to make their very first smoked beer, whether it's a Rauch beer or something else, they end up a little bit disappointed in the level of smoke. Crazy, right? So the yeast is just nomming, nomming, nomming away. Stranger still here, though, I'm going to continue to expand upon this. If you reserve some of this yeast, this, you know, quote unquote, now smoked yeast from that first batch that you tempted, and you pitch that back into a new batch of warts, and this new batch of wort can have absolutely no smoked malt in it, well, you might actually end up with a hint of smokiness in your beer just from repitching this quote unquote smoked yeast. So, yeast continues to be the coolest thing, I swear. So neat. And uh, with that, let's get on to some history. As I just discussed, Rauch beer is German for smoked beer. So naturally, our history brings us to Germany today. Specifically, it brings us to the small town of Bamberg. Bamberg is located in the northern part of the German state of Bavaria, for those of you who don't know, including myself, I had to look it up. Bavaria, as we all know, is filled with brewing tradition, and there's no exception for the Rauch beer. When we look at the town of Bamberg, there is a Romanesque cathedral that dates back to the 12th century. Naturally, beer was brewed there at some point in the modern day of Bamberg. The cathedral is still there. And just a stone's throw away from the cathedral is the Schlenkerle Brewery, which is one of the best-known German brands for smoked beer. Not just a Rauch beer, but smoked beer, period. The Rauch beer they make is the Echt Schlenkerle Rauch beer, which translates into the quote-unquote real or original Rauch beer. They're, they're claiming it. They are for sure claiming it. That beer continues to be the traditional example of what a Rauch beer is supposed to be today. Let's take a moment and reel it back real quick to our origin story. So that cathedral in Bamberg, at some point it caught fire. There was a fire that affected a part of the church, but not all of it. So the brewing space, fortunately, was unaffected directly. However, indirectly, the room where the malt was stored had a smokiness imparted upon it from the flames of the fire, thus creating a smoked beer when the brewers went to use that malt. And that's pretty much it. That's what they tell you. This became the signature attribute of the beer from Schleinkerla in Bamberg, and the rest was history. People just loved it. So like I said, it's the cute version, but there's really no historical backing to that whatsoever. So when we look back from more of a you know, historical scientific approach, remember what the historical malting techniques were like at this time. I know I've covered this as well in previous episodes, so I won't go into any great depth today. But when we look at malting techniques, there was a big change in the 19th century, and that came from a British inventor by the name of Daniel Wheeler, who patented the drum kiln in 1818. The drum kiln, what was cool about that, it provided an indirect means of heating and drying to the malt that would then keep out the typically undesired smoky flavor. So, prior to 1818, malts were heated and dried over open flame that was usually fueled by coal, wood, or a combination of both. So naturally, 
you can think with this information, beers prior to the invention of the drum kiln of any style, right, any beer style, likely had a bit of smokiness to them. The level of smoke range, depending on, right, yeast control and how much yeast is going to eat up, like I talked about earlier in the episode, as well as the skill of both the maltster and the brewer involved. So the real story here, I think, speaks to the regionality of taste. The people of Bamberg had liked a smokier beer for such a long time, and even with this new invention, they're like, nope, we're good, we don't need to use it, and they're going to continue to do the same malting techniques they had, which imparted that smoky flavor, and the style continues to live on to this day. The brewery on deck is Chestnut Brewworks, as mentioned in the episode intro. I went over some of this information in episode 90 as well, the true audience submission. Again, shout out to my family. Thank you for bringing back beer from my favorite West Virginia brewery. Certainly at least my favorite Morgantown, West Virginia brewery. If you don't remember, if you haven't listened to that episode, I have personal ties. I was a grad student there from 2016 to 2018, really enjoyed it, and I got to see kind of the slow start evolution of chestnut brew works while i was there and they have continued to take off and done a lot of really really neat things since i have left the state i also want to say that chestnut is one of the places that if i go back to morgantown west virginia it's a must stop in for me i really really like it it's a nice little tap room it's very cozy very quaint it's not very big the brew house is a seven barrel system currently and you know you can kind of look through a glass wall and you can see into the brew house space a little bit the people that have always served me there have been tremendously helpful and very friendly and they have some nice little snacks including pepperoni rolls if you don't know what pepperoni rolls are you probably have never been to west virginia look it up they're delicious but the humble beginnings of this brewery was started in 2013 with a guy of the name of Bill Rittenauer, and at the time they were one of very, very few breweries open in West Virginia. Bill had a scientific background with forestry and fungal biology, and he had a special area of focus with the American chestnut, hence the name Chestnut Brewworks. Over time, this hobby continued to grow into an actual profession and opening a small business. It started off as a one-barrel system and then now is a seven-barrel system at a new location within Morgantown, West Virginia, and he continues to turn out a wide variety of styles and really does a nice job with all of them, and I am excited to get on to the beer we have today because I think it's a unique, unique style, and I can't wait to see what he's got. I have the smoke hole lager in hand here. It is weighing in at 5.4% and 45 IBUs. So within the range on the ABV side for the Brewers Association, but perhaps a little more bitter of a beer than to be expected for something that's characteristically malt dominant. The beer is being served out of a 16 ounce traditional pounder today. That's right. Taking a look at this pounder we have a beautiful barrel seven special smoke hole lager written on the can on the side here for the description it says rich malty smoky german rauch beer do you like campfires and or bacon yeah i like both those things <laughs> so uh, then you'll love this beer please enjoy responsibly that's what they say so without further ado let's get on to the pour 
pouring this beer out. It is surprisingly a little more dark in color than I would have expected. It's pouring a brown color, but if you hold it up to some light, there is some light brown, maybe some uh, you know tan-like characteristics there just on the edge of the glass. It's, it's interesting. Um, decent amount of foam head settling here, and I would say it's clear, maybe a slight cloudiness as well. So let's get in for a smell. Okay, so on a first smell, primarily a caramel malt, but hold on, let's get one more in there. Yeah, on the deeper inhale, the smoke really starts to hit you, and it kind of comes off as a distinguished campfire smoke, as the can did say. I would I would agree with that. It's a distinguished campfire smoke just from, like, burning wood logs. So let's get in for a sip. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first sip, that's a malt forward beer, as expected. I get a toasted bread, you know, maybe with some burnt edges, you know, sitting in the toaster just a bit too long, but toasted bread. And then mid-palate, the smokiness really starts to hit. So let me get one more here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is a lasting, lasting smokiness. The mouthfeel on this beer, it's slightly creamy, honestly. It makes me forget that this is a lager beer. It has a, a pretty pronounced creamy uh, mouthfeel. Overall, it's sweet from the malt character, as expected, and has a medium body overall. And again, the smokiness, it really does linger, but it doesn't overwhelm my palate, so I'm going to get one more sip here. Mm -hmm. Balance and drinkability, it's a malt-dominant beer, and the smokiness does add a nice complexity to it to keep the drinker engaged, which right now, very engaged. Drinkability of this, you know, I, I think you have to like a smoky quality to like this beer. Again, it's not an offensively smoky. It doesn't, like, punch you in the face. It's it's very subtle. It's just kind of there. But it lasts and it sits with you, which if you don't like smoke, you're not going to like this because that's just going to be stuck on your palate and you, you'll, you'll fixate on it and you won't be able to move past it. Um, overall, though, I am enjoying this, and I think this beer would really pair nicely with a very hearty red meat type of meal. I mean, it just makes sense. Smoky, smoky beer. Let's get something fresh off the grill that has some smoky flavor in that body of nice, dense red meat. So I'll, I will finish this up, and we'll get on to some ratings. Zero to five, as always. This beer was a lot of fun to drink. It's a style that I don't get to experience all that often. I have likely had only a couple handfuls of this style of beer, the Rauch beer. But I do feel like I have a decent grasp for it and what it should entail. The big takeaway on this beer is Chestnut nailed the smoky factor. It wasn't aggressive. It didn't overwhelm. It was present. You have to like smoke to like this beer. But I think they did a really, really nice job of tying it in and complementing the malt grain bill. Because to me, a German lagered beer is all, you know, the malt is the showcase. Everything else is just to help lift it up. And I think the smokiness did just that with this beer. Where I feel like the miss came from is that it's a really creamy mouthfeel, especially as I got to the end of my glass. And it just made me think ale beer. There wasn't a lot of lager attributes and this is supposed to be a lager beer, the Kansas lager beer, and I just feel like it's a little bit of a miss. So overall, good and bad. Right in the middle, I'm going to give it a 3.75 out of 5, and that's a review. (music) 
All right, beer fans, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. I hope you all had fun with this one today. I certainly don't get to drink an obscure style such as the Rauk beer every week, so I know I had a lot of fun with this, and I learned some things when I was doing the research, so hopefully you learned some things listening. And if you're looking to find the Rauk beer that we had in the wild today, that's right, Chestnut Brew Works, you will likely have to travel to West Virginia. It's a beautiful state. I do encourage you to do it. I called it home for two years. Lots of hiking, lots of outdoor stuff, and some good beer. So if you find yourself in Morgantown, West Virginia, stop in at the Tap Room. You can certainly have their beers on draft at Chestnut. But if you're just passing through West Virginia as a whole, you can check out Chestnut's website. They do have a beer finder where they show 70-plus restaurants, bars, and stores across West Virginia where they are available. I think one of the big things that they have done since I had left the state, and certainly post-pandemic, a lot more canning is going on, so you might find more retail locations that are carrying their stuff in the state of West Virginia. That wraps it up for me here today. If you want to follow along, follow on the Instagram. I will make a post about this episode and all episodes to come. If you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to send me a message or write in at buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. I am free to answer any emails. As always, can't wait to get back on the mic again soon and enjoy another couple beers. Cheers, beers. Cheers, beers.